Europe Monitoring by Mina Research Center in Vienna. Hello everyone, this is Michael Opsch with the Europe Monitor number four. I hope you'll enjoy the show. So let's dig in into our main topics for the last couple of weeks we covered regarding Islam and Europe. France. France and Islam. The government in France launched the so-called Forum of Islam in France, FORIF, last month, to serve as the official interlocutor between the French states and its Muslim citizens. The French Interior Ministry has explained that FORIF is intended to mark a new stage in the dialogue between the public authorities and the Muslim faith, replacing the French Council of the Muslim Faith and correcting some of the defects of this organization, specifically by broadening the stakeholders involved rather than having one centralized body. The representatives will be women. The heads of local Muslim associations will be involved, as well as independent personalities from within the community. It is hoped in France that this increased diversity will improve the dialogue between state and its citizens on key subjects like training imams who reject radicalism, tracking anti-Muslim crime, security for places of worship, and the transparency of funding for mosques and religion. There has been some criticism of the Charter and the Forif as being too paternalistic, and France's treatment of religion would, in a number of countries, notably the United States, be unconstitutional. But in the French context, far from being too heavy-handed, the state has so far taken an unusually hands-off approach to Islam in comparison with other faiths. France is belatedly harmonizing its approach to Islam with the other great religions in the country. It is a worthy effort to provide an environment where French Muslims can practice and construct their faith in harmony with their country while having freedom from negative outside influences and a minority of determined radicals. Germany, financial support for fighting Islamist tendencies. In 2020, the German government spent around 13 million euros to finance programs and projects to combat Islamism. Around 7 million euros in funding was awarded to combat right-wing extremism and around 1.2 million euros to combat left-wing extremism. The federal government announced this in its answer to a parliamentary question in the Bundestag. The government points out that many funded programs and projects are aimed at combating extremism as a whole and cannot be divided into the phenomena of right-wing and left-wing extremism and Islamism. 
The funds of these programs and projects are therefore not included in the sums mentioned. As a book junkie, I'm now very happy uh, to present to you our first book review. Because in the uh, German-speaking countries, uh, the first biography of Hassan al-Banna was published, written by the Islamic scientist Gudrun Krämer. There has been no comprehensive biography of the Muslim Brotherhood's founders so far in the German-speaking countries. With her portrait of this, well, let's say, powerful man, the Islamic scholar Gudrun Krämer is not only doing pioneering work with regard to Albana's career and the development of his organization, it also sheds light on the upheavals in Egypt in the first half of the 20th century, which was characterized by particularly strong political and economic turbulences. The reasons for this was not only the two world wars, but also the growing religiously and nationalistically charged resistance to colonialism and its consequences. Thanks to the extensive trips through the country that Albana usually undertook during the school holidays as a teacher, the Brotherhood was able to expand even further after moving uh, to Cairo in 1932. With the continuous growth of the organization, which as a charity was prohibited from any political activity, the streamlining of its structures went hand in hand. With its own scout organization in particular, the Brotherhood participated in the Western-influenced cult of masculinity, but at the same time reinterpreted it in a kind of Islamic way. For Albana, the Prophet Muhammad was also a kind of a scout leader. The Muslim Brotherhood soon also marked as part of their campaign against the Zionist world conspiracy in Palestine and its supposed helpers, the Egyptian Jews, as the enemy. The campaign, which is somewhat neglected in the book, in my view, eventually culminated in the sending of volunteer combatants to Palestine in the 1948 Arab-Israeli war. Attempts by some of Albana's associates to stand as a candidate in parliamentary elections, he himself thought loudly about running, but although he advocated the dissolution of all parties in the name of Islamic unity, failed. Although the Muslim Brotherhood experienced a rapid boom during the Second World War, thanks to the support of sympathetic politicians, and was estimated to already have several hundred thousand members, it also began to crack. Uh, Gudrun Kremer attributes the supreme leader's gradual loss of control against which there was open rebellion internally to his inconsistent line. His attitude towards terrorism, to which he eventually fell victim himself, was also ambivalent. Gudrun Kremer's study, which is saturated with sources, 
now allows a far more differentiated view than before of the Muslim Brotherhood and its founder. The book is published by Ziha Beck in Germany, Munich. This is the publishing house. And it's really a great and interesting uh, lecture. That's all for today with our Europe monitoring report. Um, talk to you next time. Hope you have a nice week and see and hear you soon. Bye-bye.